0: Hi, this is the Maginally True Change podcast with Prashant Kowal. We have another special episode here today, continuing the series that we begun last week with Nita Baum of Be Free. And we are continuing in sequence through the five values of Be Free. Last week, we spoke about being free. And this week, we are going to be speaking about being gifted. And the official text's the way that the value is articulated in "and Be Free is we are each uniquely gifted. Discovering our gifts, strengths, and innate creativity helps us to awaken and to claim and express our unique contribution in the world. Very nice. I like it. And we're gonna talk about that today. And let's just get started. Neets, do you wanna make some opening comments about this value, please?
1: Sure. So again, uh, gratitude to you, Prashant, for the opportunity to be on this podcast with you and to be doing this amazing series. It's a privilege to have this conversation with my friend and somebody I deeply respect. As I was last week, I'm excited again, so thanks. Yeah, we are each uniquely gifted. So this value is a, you could think of it, there's a story across the five values and you could think of, we are gifted as a progression from uh, claiming that we're free. So like the other values, this is a presumption we come with. Like, we presume we are each uniquely gifted. we come this way. The idea of having the opportunity to discover our gifts, strengths, and creativity. There's an implication in this one about play and discovery and novelty. You know, the experience of potentially discovering yourself anew over time. The piece about... You know, the narrative and kind of the story of the progression from free to gifted is gifted is the value where our innate gifts and capacities begin to meet the world outside of us. So freedom is based on the idea that we are, we are free to discover ourselves from the inside out, right, and to align who we are and how we show up in the world and what our work is from the inside out by the time we get to gifted, starting with that mentality of free, we're now in this position to bridge our contribution and our capacities and create a bridge between that and the external world. And the choice of the word contribution is very deliberate. And it's based on the idea that just by virtue of who you are, you are a contribution to the world. You're a light illuminating the world and we need
0: need you oh boy (laughs) 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 this is a great 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 series and topic I'm so glad to do this with you Nita I'm so glad you agreed to do this and it's amazing to have your insights as you know I've I've spent some time studying creativity and gifts and talents and it's a topic near and dear to my heart. And I'm seeing the interconnection that you're describing with freedom as well because with both freedom and gifted, we need to face our fears to, to realize those things and express those things. And it's a, and it's a spectrum that happens and everybody has some level of freedom and some level of giftedness. But the beauty is that that can continue to expand as we practice that freedom and giftedness. We spoke a lot about practice last week. Mm-hmm. What I've learned, you know, one of the stories that I need to share in this moment, which is one you've heard me share before, is about the study that George Land and Beth Jarman conducted about levels of creative genius. And this was based on a test created by NASA. They gave this test that that gauges level of creative genius to 1600 kids between the age of three and five. And 98% of them scored as creative genius on this test. And they conducted a longitudinal study, and they saw that going down over time. And then they also gave it to a completely different set of adults. I think it was 200,000 adults over the age of 25. And 2% of them scored as creative genius on this test. And, And to me, you know, coming from a human development perspective, what I see in that is that that sense of play is lost, that there's fear where play should be there's fear where discovery and curiosity can be you know and that as we rediscover our courage as we rediscover that we have something unique to express in the world and we're willing to walk that path which i borrow the eastern term that's well-known dharma to express that path and to express especially the expression of gifts and talents in the world then then we recover you know, we start with what we've got and what we already have access to but we go deeper and deeper to uncover and discover more that of our original artistry of our of our original of our original strengths and beauty and so I love that because because rather than that being something that's like a deficit like oh whoa I wish I had those gifts I originally had. It's actually just part of how life is for human beings on this planet. And it's an exciting journey to walk and recover those things and learn about ourselves on ever deeper levels so that we have more and more to give to the world, you know, and that we individuate in that process when we express something really unique to us. And I think I'll pause there to uh, to give you space to share some of your insights.
1: Wow, Krishan! So, part of your gifts are that you just helped me understand this value this in this. you, uh, which I realize is such a uh, such a great opportunity. And um, thank you for that. It's a gift. We're going to use that <laughs> word a lot today. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, Part of how you helped me, part of what you you helped me see that I didn't see before was, you know, that study really struck me uh, the first time or the first couple of times that we spoke about it. And and what I realized is that, you know, in a sense, that period of loss, which is one way, you know, you can think about it, is actually like, there's so many other ways to view it if you look at it from an abundance-based perspective, which is just to say you could consider it you know, a pause, uh, a slowing or this, you know, it's kind of in the same way that nature, right? Like the winter comes around and things pause and there's a slowing and there's a hibernation and a dormancy, but ultimately that dormancy is essential for, or the butterfly metaphor, you know, which one of our co-creators Darren Harley is always talking about. And it's very meaningful to him, but the idea of, you know, the chrysalis, you go, you go inside, you, and it's deliberate it's dark in there inside the chrysalis, right? Like you go in and um and you spend some time and you hang out in there and you pause and to the external world, you know, it appears like you, you can't see all of what's happening, all of what's being processed or integrated or move, you know, the movement. But then there is a period of of where the chrysalis falls away and you begin to emerge. and so, my new understanding of this piece is the idea of like, you know, be awakened to, right? It's like that awakening can happen over and over again over time in spirals. This is a dynamic process. And so, and if you think again about the idea of like, you know, who I am at 40 and how I now, based on my life experience, understand and am able to claim the strengths that I had maybe as a very small child right what my capacity is today to express those through a contribution in the world is really different and impactful in a very different way than it would have been if i were 10 or 14 or you know 20 and so i really like that abundance spin on uh, on, on what sometimes we otherwise consider to be lost
0: yeah Darren and I are gonna to have to speak butterflies someday, but, <laughs> oh, but uh yeah, that's great. Yeah, you are I I like there's a couple of quotes that I want to bring into this now which inform some of what we're talking about. The first is is an Einstein quote, which is everybody is a genius, mm-hmm. but if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, It will live its whole life believing that it is stupid. Nita, for some of you who may not know, worked in education for a really long time. And there's a deep connection between our educational system, our view of the world, and our understanding of human gifts and talents. Because our educational system presumes everybody should be climbing the tree rather than seeing for where one is an elephant, one is a fish, one is a penguin, and that each one has very different gifts and talents. We don't really recognize this. We have a very one-dimensional understanding of intelligence, which is a great loss to all of society, because for the one who's born to be a master woodworker or for the one who's born to be... I don't know, uh, a scientist or an artist or a popcorn maker or an engineer or a, or a whatever. It's like, are we, are we finding ways to give them each exactly what they need? No, it's so standardized and it's based on something that was born over a century ago, which was based on the factory model. That's where a modern education system is born. And so I think that this is something to be aware of, mm. you know, that, that the that socialization process and that education process is much more about memorizing facts and and being taught what to think rather than you know expanding the the innate capacities of the human being, which is which should be much more holistic, in fact, and and should be much more inclusive of the body and of human development perspectives that we need to know, how do we relate to our own minds, to, to be aware that the negative narratives that we have going on inside of, of us can be overcome and that most people don't really know how to deal with those things in our education systems don't bring these fundamental skills. And so it's not necessarily an attack. It's a questioning and a criticism that suggests we have work to do and that there's opportunities for evolution to happen. It goes to the same thing. I want to try to find this quote here. Neitz, actually, I'm going to hand it over to you and I'll bring that quote into the, the next part after you talk. (laughs) <laughs>
1: well, basically drop the mic because you just, <laughs> uh, you you hit on so many um, critical topics that gave rise to this value and you're just so spot on and had a beautiful articulation of them. So mostly I would just echo everything you said. You know, you also, you went exactly where I was going to go, which is to say, you know, we, ha- we have narrowed our definitions. One, one way to look at this is we've narrowed our definitions of what creativity means. It's like if you're creative, then you're an artist. Or, you know, if you have a math skill set, then you are. Like we have tracked and reduced ourselves. We're, we're a culture that is really into reductionism, which is valuable for understanding the world, right? Like we need to reduce things to their parts and parse things to be able to wrap our heads around them. And there's a lot of data about the way that our brains, you know, and our minds function in terms of our ability to hold multiple pieces of information at a given point and process them. And we all vary uh, in the way that we process information and how much we can hold at a given moment to synthesize and understand. But we do that to the exclusion of a holistic view. And it's like, this goes back to our, to our both and versus or conversation, uh, which came up last week as well, which is to say like, you know, there's a value to reductionism, but there's also a value to to a holistic perspective. And it's just like it's not just true that one approach is right because the other one is so different. It's like, no, both polarities are coexist, and that's totally cool. What's really important to me about this value that I feel that I really would like people to understand, and one of the reasons Darren came up is because so Darren wrote a book called Open to Change and um and you know, part of our friendship developed during that time while we were both in yoga teacher training. He played this very pivotal role for me in my own discovery process about my own gifts and strengths. And he, as a friend, he served as a mirror and essentially what he did and what his book was encouraging me to do at the time was just to hold myself accountable for believing and like sort of staying with the fact that my gifts and strengths were not limited to the ways that they weren't limited to things that I believe they were limited to. Like I'm a consultant. I have a business background. I know a bunch of stuff about education and policy and strategy, but I'm not an artist. I'm not a writer. I'm not, you know, there was, there was a lot of knots along with what I was. And, and there are things that I'm not, this is not to say we're all everything, but, we are often more than we, than we allow ourselves to see. And this is part of the benefit and part of why b 3 is built out as a community is because, you know, when you have multiple mirrors reflecting back at you, what you are, mm-hmm. the view is much more expansive than when it's just you looking at yourself. The definition in this case of what creativity was, and this is, you know, art, Darren is an artist in many of the traditional senses of the word. He's a musician. You know, he illustrates, he, he's extremely creative in the ways that you would think about traditionally. Uh, But he's also a business guy, you know, he's a writer, but he's also a business student and he has many, many talents. He's a social media maven. It's insane. And some of this is about not limiting ourselves to traditional, you know, not allowing language and semantics, even, you know, even the way we use language to tell ourselves what we are, like not, not being limited in that way and allowing ourselves to be integrated whole beings who are intersectional, right? Like this is about, Mm. this is almost like an inclusivity conversation at the, at the personal level, you know, like how do I allow myself to actually self-express in multiple ways, whether that is something that looks like anything that anybody else has ever told me is acceptable. Screw that you decide what's exactly because and and that's why the presumption that your contribution is necessary is essential because otherwise the doubts are too heavy right like if your contribution is necessary and therefore you are free to define what that contribution is in a way that is an actual reflection of you in a more fully self-expressed way and also it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how that comes out. And it's also okay that it might take some time to figure that out. I came up for the idea for Be Free. I was, it was 2013, so I was 36. We, we're evolving dynamic beings. Things happen over time, and we need time sometimes. Uh, that's cool.
0: Seth Godin's blog this morning, I don't even know if I can pronounce this word. It was titled U Gatski. Which is, it's an island (laughs) off the coast of Spain that houses a church. And the church has 230 (laughs) steps to the top. And it's said that it's worth the climb. And he says, what a great expression. Gaztel Ugaxki can now mean it's a lot of steps, but it's worth it. And (laughs) I don't know. it's, It's like, may it take time. May we allow it to take time. I feel... The the pressure that we put on ourselves and it's almost like fundamental assumptions of how we've structured society are really being questioned in this moment and are, and for good reason, you know, because before it was almost like there were it was like a menu, and you could go to that menu, and you'd be like, "Hmm, that looks good. Maybe, maybe I'll be a doctor in this life, or maybe I'll be an engineer." Mm-hmm. And there were actually the variety of of positions mm-hmm. was fairly limited. I did I came across a statistic the other day, and I wish I could draw on the numbers, but it's something like in the last twenty or thirty years, the number of types of vocations has like exponentially grown, you know? And I take away from that, that that's like an excellent, excellent Mm -hmm. occurrence because it it means there's a, a wider variety of ways that people are recognizing as opportunities to express themselves. And so oftentimes that challenge when it takes a little bit longer to arrive at something like be free or something that feels like, you know, I want to be on this path for a while is we we do the traditional thing. We go to college and we try to get a regular job. This was my story anyway. And then, I, you know, you find that it doesn't work. So then it's like, okay, how can I create something that actually feels like me and actually give this unique contribution? And that there's there has to be a certain level of patience and timing for that to develop. And this brings us back to the quote that I wanted to share which brings in a great perspective on human development tied to gifts. So this is from Parker Palmer who who's an awesome awesome I mean he's an elder, you know, he's brilliant and He gave Mm. a a talk at Naropa for commencement, I think a couple of years ago that some people have seen. And I highly recommend because it's just, yeah, it's just really wise. Mm. And he's the type of thing that also brings us back to other references Mm -hmm. that are interesting, which are indigenous tribes, for example, recognize the value of elders and, and especially elders who've done the work of, earning their maturity the way Parker Palmer has. And and so this is his quote, and it it brings together a few things we've been speaking Mm. about. We arrive in this world with birthright gifts. Then we spend the first half of our lives abandoning them or letting others disabuse us of them. As young people, we are surrounded by expectations that may have little to do with who we really are expectations held by people who are not trying to discern our selfhood but to fit us into slots in families schools workplaces and religious communities we are trained away from our true self toward images of acceptability under social pressures like racism and sexism our original shape is deformed beyond recognition and we ourselves driven by fear too often betray true self to gain the approval of others. We are disabused of original giftedness in the first half of our lives. Then, if we are awake, aware, and able to admit our loss, we spend the second half trying to recover and reclaim the gift we once possessed. Sometimes you don't know how truly great life can be Mm. until you are there. I feel like if we own that this is in some level a really there's a there's a lens on reality here like what is life on this planet what is it to be a human being that to me deeply resonates and that I find to have the ring of truth in it 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 verifies a lot of my experience And it's a quote, so it has its limitations. You know, if we could talk to Parker Palmer, he'd offer a lot of other insights that round out this quote. But it's pretty whole in of itself. And it suggests, what if we accept where we're at and that there's something beautiful in that, but there's also a great journey and adventure to unfold from there? And it's not going to be easy because it's not meant to be easy. It's going to have challenges. We're going to have to face unflattering things in ourselves, but we're going to recover who we really are. And in that, you know, we're going to be revealing to ourselves things we never even knew were possible about being alive, about being in this world, about being connected to others, about contributing the best of ourselves. And how exciting that! that can be and how every myth in every story in history has elements of that journey in it. And that's why it resonates with us so deeply.
1: Uh, <laughs> um, respect to Parker Palmer, respect to you Prashant, um, and, uh, I think there are two things I'd like to add. Um, in addition to just commenting, um, again, how grateful I am to be having this conversation <laughs> and how much I love this conversation. Like, I feel like I have to say that word right now, love, because it's it's so, in, I say this with, with literally like no righteousness and lots of humility, these are such important conversations because they are just about fundamentally our well-being and they are fundamentally about like the capacity and power we have to reduce our own suffering and to heal ourselves and to do that um, with and for each other, not to the exclusion of ourselves, right? Like with and for each other and with ourselves. Those two things are iterative. And that goes to the point uh, just I'm I'm going to try to keep it to two points. So, like one of them is about tolerance. I will say this many times: Be free has a, a number of systemic agendas. We are intended to be a response to some of some of the large systemic issues. Uh, my ambition lies there because ultimately I feel like many of those issues are interconnected. And one of them has to do with diversity and tolerance. If we don't tolerate ourselves that is iterative with our inability to tolerate each other. If, if I cannot accept myself as I am, with my flaws, with my capacities, with my uniqueness, my weirdness, you know, whatever you wanna call it, um, uh, then I'm gonna find that same challenge reflected in my ability to accept those around me. And that's sad because, uh, you know, what beauty What potential beauty in my life is lost in that process? You know, this is an inclusion conversation. It's a diversity, inclusion, tolerance conversation. The more I can, I can accept my own diversity, the diverse spectrum of who I am over time in a given moment, you know, across my skills, across my strengths, across my, the more I'm going to have that acceptance of others. So those two things are incredibly connected This, this, to me, is part of how we solve that. This is part of how we respond and evolve. Related to that is another piece I wanted to to say, which is, you know, about part of why I started with respect is this idea of, like, the notion of teachers and and wise people and elders and um, Mm -hmm. wisdom traditions. Uh, There is, I'm a, I, I hold kind of two, things to be true concurrently one is ultimately for your own path there's nobody wiser than you like you are your own guru nobody is anybody else's guru. at the same time there are people who have passed before you whether that is literally in time or if it's an experience that doesn't mean they're older than you i learned things from my niece my 12 year old niece aria all the time and she's wise you know and i think that so so be free is operates on this co-creator model where it's really important to me that co-creators are both able to meet themselves where they are but also as they're facilitating you know our modules and our program that in the assumption of the role of mentor wise person right they're like they're sharing their experience because they've been there before but that doesn't mean they're better than right it just means they've done it first and part of I think what there's this innate you know there's this innate beauty in the systems of the wisdom traditions that like they're not about egos and who's bigger and and you know some of them are but the ones that I did are are not about egos and who's bigger and who's better and who's more expensive But they are about like, I have this drive to share with you something that I have experienced. Not that I know, because knowing is different, right? Sometimes like, and what I mean by that, that distinction is important. Like sometimes we say we know something and we get very clingy and attached to that idea. Like what we know, you know, what I think of gift, like my definition of gifted today is a different knowing than it was again when I was 10 or Six, you know, and then when I'll be when I'm 80. So some of it is like you can know things, but you can also let go a little bit. You don't have to hold so fast to what you know because it's going to change. But the idea that there are people who have passed before, you know, and it's almost like, and uh, why not? Let's share. <laughs> and I think for many of the people who get involved, and in, you know, for many of our co-creators, there is there's a drive. This is the, I know this is true of you, Prashant. There is this drive. Uh, to ease the way for others, right? And there's this drive to share and to like give and to love and to reflect back and um, to be a vehicle for, for the pass-through of information that you have processed and synthesized in your way. Um, and so uh, to me, there's just a lot of, you know, I have, I have deep respect for Parker Palmer, for you, for all of my teachers who vary in age, size, scale, source, you know, you mentioned a whole range of animals earlier. Like I observe animals in nature, I observe nature and it's extremely informative and instructive.
0: The, the wisest people I know and including, you know, who I acknowledge as my spiritual master, my guru, it's the exact opposite of using that position to place oneself above. In fact, the wisest people I've ever come across their writings or teachings are are so connected to equality and seeing the innate, like, like it just couldn't be otherwise, you know, because it's so real, the experience of equality. You know, I think each person's experience, I was speaking with Lisa about something and she saw something. Lisa's my wife. We we were speaking about something she was experiencing yesterday. And I realized I had to, she's the one inside that human being who's experiencing the things she's experiencing. So I have to defer to her judgment. I have to respect her choice, or or I don't have to, but I choose to, because it makes sense to me. You know, I can offer a point of view, what it looks like from my perspective, but ultimately it's, if I were inside that body experiencing the things she was experiencing, judgment is that I would do it differently. Respect, compassion, empathy, acknowledgement is that I would do the exact Mm -hmm. same as you did so that was just riffing on a little bit of what you were coming with there, but uh, there's a whole lot of richness and we can start to, you know, feel how interconnected all this is. I'm really enjoying the acknowledgement of, of tolerance and the place that this has in this and how that really is an inner practice. And there was just a lot of richness in what you, you said, and I would love to, reiterate almost every exact point to to declare its meaning to the world you know um, <laughs> 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 yeah right
1: <laughs> We're, it's, it's good, good that we do this with each it's other <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh, yeah. That's, that is fair. Um, Yeah. I mean, you know, I think the tolerance one is just a worthy one to underscore, like, and it goes back to something we say uh, that has been, it's funny how much this stuff resonates with uh, the variety of people we've shared it with. But the idea that like each of us is the center of our own universe and we together are a universe of universes It's like, you are so allowed and at BeFree, you're not just allowed, you're encouraged to to view the world and experience the world through yourself, through your lens. Your lens is valuable. There's nothing wrong with it. It's awesome. Uh, And at the same time, to acknowledge that each of us is doing that. So we can all do it at the same time. My lens is not made worse or better by the fact of yours. In fact, it's probably made better, right? Like it's made better because together we're complete. Um, but you know, here, just because yours is different doesn't mean mine is bad. We're comparative in that way, and we hurt ourselves.
0: It's almost like an insecurity that then expresses as uh, as a, as an arrogance or an aggressiveness sometimes, which is like when we're fighting for who is right in this situation, you know, in our and then the deeper human value is lost when we get caught up in that. And so in even the idea of one right thing is a danger to giftedness. It's time to to draw it to a close and I'm wondering needs if you have any closing remarks for us.
1: All right, I guess I'll go big instead of go home. Uh, so <laughs> So, go big in the in the to get back to the sort of systems um, agenda and what you started earlier uh, talking about in the conversation with regards to education. So, be free is very much a response to the education system, and you know one of the ways I've viewed and and this this value is also a nod to the artists in the world. You know, um, I'm a freelancer, so I'm not a legit worker. Yeah, not true people. Like we work really hard. <laughs> it's like everybody else, you know, I'm an artist. So I, you know, am, am at a deficit and I shouldn't be valued, acknowledged and compensated for my work. No way. Artists elevate our spirits and our capacity. The artists in my life are, they have changed my life fundamentally in uh, the loftiest, most beautiful and elevated ways possible. I'm, I'm disabled, which the labeling of, of, you know, disabilities is so unloving. Like it is so deficit based. You know, some of those same things that we view as so detrimental a stutter, uh, uh, you know, a physical disability, like those are the those are the exact fertile grounds and places that um, those children, those adults, those humans find their greatest powers, strengths, and capacities and gifts. And we just do a disservice like, to that. The, the elderly, I mean, the ways in which we view the elderly, the infirm, like the people we incarcerate, right? Like talk about diversity and tolerance. It's like when you reflect some part of me that I don't like or I hope I don't have, we're going to send you away. We're going to call you other than, and we're going to decide that you're not equal, uh, we're equal, right? Why not look for the kinship and what we share in our shared humanity and our shared spirits than the differences? And we can value the differences and make space. It doesn't have to be one or the other. Like, let's value the differences and also at the same time acknowledge that there is a sh- we, are, we are kin, we are connected, interdependent, and we share so many of the most fundamental traits and needs. Like everybody needs to sleep and drink water and eat and have love, receive love and give it. It's
0: like a new world rising up alongside an older world. And it's just an expression of deeper qualities innate in human nature. And it's really beautiful Mm -hmm. to see. And just wishing everybody who's listening that you're finding your path, that you're Confident on the path that you're walking, that you're discovering your gifts, that you're you're contributing to the new world that's rising up, that, you know, that, that the joy and strength and love and service that, you know, in your heart is possible, uh, is slowly revealing itself to you through the expression of your gifts and talents in the world. So, thank you very much for listening. Thank you again, Nita Baum of Be Free. Check out BeFree.live, especially if you live in New York City and especially if you're ready for a radical transformation in your professional life. And all the best to all you. All you out there listening, thank you so much for tuning in this week. We're going to continue with this special series next week. So please stay with us. And uh, And that's it for today. Namaste to everyone. Namaste, Nita. Namaste,
1: Prashant. Thank you.